Are your relationships a mess and you're just always wondering how in the world can I clean these things up? Well, we're going to talk all about that today. How do you deal with baggage? How do you uh, deal with past relationship issues? And how do we handle them in a biblical way? Also today, we're going to talk about in our Bad Doctrine of the Week, should the government publicly fund Christian schools? Intriguing concept. I don't know. We'll talk about that and more all today on the Digging Deeper podcast. Hello and welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast. This is episode 12. I believe so. Episode 12. We've been doing this a whole three months, guys. Anyways, we are glad that y'all have joined us here today uh, uh, on this podcast. We dig into this uh, last Sunday's sermon, so that way we might find ways to dig it a little bit deeper into our hearts. We are glad that y'all joined us here today. My name is Chris Brown, and I'm the associate pastor here at First Baptist Azel. My name is Jacob Belding. I'm the connections minister at First Baptist Azel. And... Over sound production? Me. Judah. <laughs> Judah. Everyone. Now, we weren't here this past week. Uh, Pastor Lee, Roxanne, Wendy took over. Judah was the only one that was the constant through it all. Um, but we are back, and we are ready to go. And so I know that you've been missing us, and uh, I know that it just ruined your week that we weren't here. Probably yeah, not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we're glad you all joined us. Before I forget, if you haven't yet... Like, subscribe, comment, do all those things, and uh, and we'll have a great time. And uh, that'll tell the algorithm that you enjoy seeing this content, and you'll see more of it. But anyways, without further ado, we're going to get into this past week's sermon. Pastor Lee preached, and uh, the title of the sermon was How to Reset Your Relationships. Have you all ever had a bad relationship? No. Never? Never. Not one time. Not one time? No. My relationships are always perfect, 100%. Perfect. Perfect. No problems. Okay. Judah, have you ever had a, <laughs> a bad relationship? No, this doesn't have to be uh, romantic right, relationships. Right. It could be a relationship with a job, relationship with a friend, relationship with a friend, a family, a town, a class in school. Okay. Well, I have to retract my answer. Okay. Then. All right. <laughs> I think we've all had yeah. some kind of bad relationship at some point, right? And uh, the general consensus is, what do we do? Let's just go start over. That's just the, the easier thing to do is start over. And uh, what Pastor Lee wanted to get into is like, what if there's a way that we could reset our relationships without having to replace our relationships? Right. Right. And so um, there's some relationships in, in our lives, like if we have a relationship with, like with a professor in a class, you know, that's a little bit easier to yeah. you know move on and, and switch. And, you know, even if you have a bad relationship with an employer, potentially that's that there's a easy way to shift and, and move out of that. Mm-hmm. But if if you have a struggling relationship with family or with a spouse or with close friends, those aren't things that we want to throw away, right? Right. Hopefully not. It makes yeah. it, it's a whole lot harder to, re, to replace them. Yes. Right? Uh, Your yeah. professor, it could be a one-off class and then you suffer through it and then you get done and then you move on to the next one yeah. and it's all good. Right? It's all good. But, but then there's some relationships, let's take marriage, for example, that we're called to be in covenant with them. Right. We're not called to replace them at all. <laughs> and so, so the question is, is like, you know, if some of our relationships have moved into a, a dysfunctional area, 
you know, w- what are some ways that we can kind of reset those relationships, get them focused and on God back on the right track without having to just completely abandon it and start fresh? Right. Right. Okay. Yep. So that's kind of the whole premise of the sermon uh, that we're going to talk about today. And, and one of the main things that, that Pastor Lee gets into is how do we let go of the past? Because, like, you know, we, we're always bringing in baggage from past. And, mm-hmm. you know, unless um, – did you date anyone before you married Sam? Yes, I did. You did? Okay. All right. Because y'all, y'all started dating, like, in high school. Yeah. Um, and so if you've had, like, significant relationships before uh, meeting your spouse, um, you maybe even had marriages before meeting your spouse, uh, likely you're bringing in baggage. From those previous relationships. And it's not even in marriage, like even like an employer is like if you had like a, a rough job experience over here, then when you go into this job over here, you're kind of like bringing in like they treated me this way. And so never again or, yeah. or whatever uh, it may be. Um, and so so there's like baggage, generally speaking, that, that we pull from. Uh, from previous relationships, and one of the main premises of the sermon is how do we let go of those things? How, how do we uh, not allow previous dysfunctionality affect current right. uh, relationships? And and Pastor Lee gets into three things that we can do with baggage, uh, and we can either deny it, we can transfer it, or we can release it. Mm-hmm. Those are the only three things you can do with it. So we're going to dig into all of that, uh, but first... Let's read the passage. Yes, let's. This is Colossians 3, verses 7 through 11. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here... There is not uh, Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. Yeah. So one thing I want to point out on that last verse right there, uh, on the here there's no Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and Christ is in all and is all. Uh, one thing I want to point out is that Christianity was all about diversity before diversity was cool. Yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> diversity is the cool thing to do now, right? Yep. Um, but Christianity was paving that way before it even happened. Uh, you know, we talked about last week uh, in my sermon about how one of the redemption aspects of what Christ mm-hmm. did on the cross is bringing all tribes and all nations and all tongues together. One of the things I don't even think I mentioned is uh, in Revelation uh, 22, when it's depicting the new heaven and the new earth, and it's talking about the the tree of life that's coming up, uh, uh, that says that the leaves of the tree are for healing for the nations. Mm-hmm. And so, so what we're seeing in part now, uh, in terms of like th- this healing aspect between races and nations and ethnicities, uh, is going to be brought to full light in the new heaven, and the new yep. earth. Yep. But diversity is the cool thing, and and Pastor Lee kind of digs a bit into this aspect of of we're all one under Christ. Why do you think? Here's a question for you. Why do you think that that's important in our relationships? Uh, to be one under Christ. Yes. Because uh, if we're one under Christ, that means uh, by implication that we are uh, we're all following uh, we're all following Christ's uh, individually as we're in relationship with each other. And if each of us is 
uh, a Christian and a believer and, uh, and really walking in, uh, in, in his commands. And if we are working to put off the old self, put on the new self, then uh, we all bring this uh, necessary Christian unity to the table in our relationships. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, you know, uh, for Christianity, I mean, diversity uh, was was an element here before diversity was cool, mm-hmm. right? Nowadays, it seems like, you know, diversity for the sake of diversity, for the sake of being uh, unique, uh, Pastor even talked about some of those things, being uh, different and special than other people. Which, which but, by, by the way, let me just interrupt you for yeah. a second. So he mentioned uh, the unique and special things, and he talked about how each one has their own identity and, and fashion. Do you remember Emo? I was going to bring up emos. Were you? Yes. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> Judah, do you were you uh, were you conscious whenever emo was a thing? No, not really. No. Do you know what it is? Yes, I do. Okay. All oh right. my gosh, I love the emos. Yeah. And, and the goth kids. Yeah. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, speaking of uh, f- you know fun subcultures and subgroups. Oh my gosh, the mm-hmm. emos and the uh, the goths, man. Were, were were you an emo guy? No, hundred no, okay. percent not. No, I I avoided hot topic like the play. Yeah. So I wasn't emo. So there's like full emo. <laughs> yeah. Which is like you know there was all those like punk rock bands um, that you know everything's everyone's depressed. You know it's very nihilistic oh, viewpoint yeah. and like their clothes represented that everything's in black and yep. whatnot. Uh, so I was not full emo by any means, but. I was I was closer to emo than I was you know anything else. <laughs> right. When I uh, first got into high school, I was like your typical like you know church kid, that cargo shorts, mm-hmm. like church t shirt. Yes. Uh, and then by the time I got out of high school, I was starting to get a little bit closer to the emo side of things. Um, goth is just like full emo. Oh yeah, like, off the rails. Well, yeah, and then goth really is the more uh, uh, according to pop culture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Goth is more of the the nihilism side where, you mm-hmm. know, everything is awful, everything's wrong with the world, but then mm-hmm. the emo side is more like, I hate myself. And <laughs> <laughs> depressed. I'm depressed, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah there's many um, there's many pop songs or like, like uh, pop culture songs uh, from that time that just so perfectly sum up the emo culture um ones that we we won't get into now i was probably a little bit closer on like the metro side of things do you remember that yeah um it was like i feel like metro was like a more like it was like emo it's like emo fashion but like not all of the dark stuff right Uh, right you didn't have to deal with the darkness within (laughs) for example it's like we like your clothes but we're not depressed (laughs) we're actually happy uh to be wearing these kinds of clothes and (laughs) is there um judah you're a resident gen zer in the room uh is there a a type of fashion or like like subculture similar to emo or not like emo but like what what would that be called today in gen z world is there a name for it um, I'm not really aware of those kind of things, but I have seen a couple of high schoolers where what you're describing. Oh yeah, I was so, oh, so it's maybe still, it already exists. It's still living on. Yeah. Oh, it's a thing. Yeah. Just it's a little less intense yeah. now. I think I think it's kind of shifted over into other subcultures. Well, and, so it's weird, and, and this will pull us a little bit back into this yeah. identity conversation. Um, so I feel like our our generation, the millennial generation, kind of started to initiate this. And then Gen Z, um, like, we were very Mm -hmm. anti-label. Like, we didn't want labels at all. Um, 
And now it's shifted to where we don't want to be labeled as a group and identify with a group, but we want an individual label for us now. So if we were to move, and I, th- I think Pastor Lee mentioned this, if we were to move into like the the LGBTQ yeah. um, community, uh it's it's very little like group labels, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of like individualistic right. labels. Right. Well, just look at all of the different uh, like you know genders and pronouns mm-hmm. that exist. Mm-hmm. There are hundreds of made up genders yeah. and hundreds of made up pronouns. Mm-hmm. It's like why? Um, yeah. And it's for that reason I I would yeah. suggest. And so yeah, it's interesting for for that community because there's like one overarching identity. Mm-hmm. But within that large identity, there's so many like individualistic identities. And and this is really important for, for us talking about, and, and we can get back into what you're yeah. saying, um, in this concept of Christianity, how we are very diverse, yet we are, we are all one and identify under Christ. That is the only reason that our relationships can work. Right. Because... Um, whatever we identify personally comes second to yes. our identity in Christ. Right. And and that's uh, that was exactly the point. That's uh-huh. where I was going yeah. is, hey, even though we are diverse because we are different people, we are and get to enjoy unity uh, as the body of Christ together, which is the, the big difference, I think, mm-hmm. uh, between yeah. the culture today and, and the church. Yeah. And I was actually, I was talking to someone last week when I, when I preached mainly on the subject, um, we were talking about afterwards. Whenever you try, whenever you try to unify a group with a hodgepodge of identities, it actually doesn't work mm-hmm. because we're not on the same playing field anymore. Um, it's like whatever you identify as also comes with a, its own set of values and purpose and beliefs right. and whatever I identify. And and we can like tolerate each other yeah. in that, but yeah. we can't unify, right? Because there's nothing to unify under. That's right, right. And so that's that's the beauty of of Christianity is that. You have your upbringing. Judah has his upbringing. I have my upbringing. We're all very different people. We all enjoy very different things. But when we come together, our our core belief, values, and purpose isn't based on those things. It's based on Christ. Right. And that's why we can come together and unify because all those things are secondary. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of like, uh, um, well, just like what you said, right? Our primary identity has to be that we're, we're Christians, that we mm-hmm. are in Christ, uh, and, and that's that should always be our our driving identity, and everything else is second. Uh, but it it can be kind of tough, right? Mm-hmm. Especially um, first off, you know, as Texans, even I mean, you know, as far as identity goes, we even have all of our own, uh, you know, origin uh, mm-hmm. history and even our own myth state pledge. And, oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And to be honest, we are cooler than literally the rest of yeah. anybody. Did you? Um, know, I did not realize that other states don't have a pledge. Uh, I did know that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I grew up. You know, I grew up in Texas, um, and so every day when we went to school, we'd say the Pledge of Allegiance, yeah. and then we'd say the Texas Pledge. Yeah. And that was just what we did. And and Randy came over here, and, and she worked in the school, and she first came over here, and she came home, and she's like. Y'all have a pledge, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Y'all don't." She's like, "No." I was like, "Well, I guess y'all aren't proud to be Missourian, right?" Uh, I don't know who would be yeah. uh, when you could be Texan. Yeah. You know, there, so there it is again. Is, is it okay? You're a history guy. You, you would know. Um, I, I want to say I heard that Texas is the only state that you can fly the flag the same level as the, or that's okay to fly the flag the same level as the the uh, America flag. Uh, yeah. Um, so I don't know what the 
the sort of legalities are on that, mm-hmm. but because the Republic of Texas was its own recognized country for a uh, better part of 10 years um, historically, then yes, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Texas flag can fly at the same height as the American flag. Yeah. Uh, now, like I said, on the legal side, that's the argument. Yeah. I don't know uh, how are, that Are there out. even legalities surrounding that? I don't know. Oh, there are. Oh, there, there are? There's, really? there's flag codes and everything. Oh, wow. And now they get like stomped on all the time yeah. and run over uh, yeah. part of its, you know, free speech mm-hmm. uh, issues and things. But it's kind of like, um, you know, uh, you, you're only supposed to fly the American flag this particular way. And, you know, it, and even the Texas flag, and you're not supposed to use it for and there's like a list of, mm-hmm. of things. Uh, I have read some of the flag codes because <laughs> I was interested. And um, and so it's like, well, you know, when you have your, your Texas, you know, swim trunks, uh, <laughs> I think that technically goes against the flag code, uh, right. for example, right. or uh, Texas flip-flops. Yeah. Uh, they have them at Walmart for five bucks. You can mm-hmm. pick them up uh, or napkins or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I digress, but there you go. So <laughs> the important part is... Texas is of the same statute and level as America. Oh, yeah. And yeah. did you know? Oh, here we go. You're, <laughs> you're going to get me going. Yeah. Uh, we have our own power grid in Texas. So we could officially sustain ourselves. Yes. And we have oil, right? Yes, we have oil. Uh, Texas would be, last I looked, I think a top 12 economy in the world all by ourselves. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We, um, yeah, and that's in the world. I yeah, think we wow. would be right behind Canada, which, oh, you know, I have no. feelings about. Yeah. But um, we, we need to, we need to step it yeah, up. Yeah, that's right. We need to up our GDP and keep going. To be um, fair, Canada's like four times, five times yeah, size. Right. Um, and then uh, Texas, we also... I think this is more recent. Uh, we have started to like how there's uh, f- uh, Fort Knox, which is where all the gold uh, for the United States uh, like treasury uh, mm-hmm. is held. Um, Texas, we are building or have recently built our own facility to store Texas own gold. Sounds like Texas is getting ready to do something. That's right. You know, yeah. uh, like we're going to secede yeah, or something. Right. Um, yeah, the rest of the country would be so sad to yeah. see us go. So, so. so I know this is not, every time the word secede comes up, I know this is not what would actually happen, but in my mind, the only thing that I can think about is if Texas was to secede, we would literally break off of, <laughs> of America and like drift out right. into the ocean. Right. Well, and then, uh, you know, obviously before we seceded, we would, uh, we would need to get our land back from Oklahoma, New Mexico, Colorado. That's Texas used to go up into Wyoming. Oh, yeah. So yeah, the, we need to fix that. Oh, man. yeah. So the whole deal was, uh, you know, the Texas uh, right after the the war with with Mexico, winning the war with Mexico, had tons and tons of debt, and so part of the deal of Texas becoming a state in the United States was that the U.S. was going to take on all of Texas' debt in exchange. Here's some land. Mm, now, if the United States turns around and gives us all of our part of the debt, right, of the U.S. national debt, then it stands to reason we get all of our cool stuff back. Uh, like, we could go skiing in Texas. You know? Yeah. Why not? Would Oklahoma want to be part of Texas? Surely. Uh, oh, I'm sure they would want to. Yeah. Uh, but there's that little sliver, you know, the panhandle. Uh-huh. Like, that was part of Texas. Huh. Interesting. Uh, before, so... Well, just that part. We don't want the rest of Oklahoma. They can keep it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the that's the real question. Yeah, is is it worth it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> can can we just like take back like a little sliver to like have a road that goes through it? Yeah. To get to Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why not? Because I'm I'm fine with Colorado. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but Oklahoma, oh, Oklahoma, uh, that's uh, yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Someone's calling me. 
things. Yeah, but it's the it's the same. Uh, you know, whether we're we're Texans or you know, slightly less cool as being an American. You know, Texas is the best. We know that. Um, but uh, it, it's kind of shifting over to be a little bit more serious, right? Our identity really needs to be uh, in Christ first, not in things like political parties, right? Yes. Be, oh, I'm a Republican, right? I'm a Democrat or I'm a Libertarian or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's all fine and good. But if that's your primary identity, that's a problem. Right. Because again, like whatever your primary identity is, those are going to be the core beliefs, principles, and values of your life. Mm-hmm. And and you can only unify, like truly unify with other people who have the same core beliefs, principles, mm-hmm. and values. Um, and you can be a Republican if you want, you can be a Democrat, yeah. I guess, if you want. If you want uh, to risk it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you just have to make sure that, like, like I'm a so, – so if I'm a Republican, I'm a Christian Republican, right. not a Republican Christian. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it's just got to be – the order's got to be right in mm-hmm. terms of, of what's at the, the core of it. All that's really important. Because that's going to set the foundation for all of this, right? If if you aren't if you aren't coming from that perspective, now resetting your relationships is going to be really hard. That's right, right? Um, and and that was the thing I tell people when they're dating is like the first and foremost thing is like, are you both Christian mm-hmm. and like truly Christian? Right. Like, are, do you truly hold the values and beliefs? in the purpose of Christianity because in, in everything else past that you can work through, mm-hmm. right? If you, if you both truly right. hold that everything else you can work through because um, you're both playing by the same rule book mm-hmm. now. And so it's like if me and Randy uh, get into a disagreement on finances or raising our kids or, you know, we're going to do this or this or this or this, as long as we can both come back to here's our core beliefs and, and where we can unify we can we can work out the details yeah. of that, but if we can't even agree on that, then now when it comes to like a question of like how do we raise our kids, we're both coming out from two different yeah. value sets. That's right. It's like how, at that point you just I guess you just compromise and like one person just gets their way and the other one doesn't, or how you spend your money. It's like you know if uh, if our core belief is in God and following God, now the question isn't. You know uh, what can we do with our money? It's like what should we do with our right, money? Right. Um, and and we can again still disagree on that, but it's always going to come back to we're stewards of our finances under God. Now where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Agreed. Any other thoughts about that before um, we get into the, the specifics? Yeah. Pop quiz. Sure. Uh, I'll open it up to Judah as well. Uh, what day is Texas Independence Day? July third. <laughs> Not a bad guess. Uh, this, uh, wait. Yeah. Is it Juneteenth? No. No, no that that's was much later. That was when uh, slavery was declared, or the the day the Emancipation Proclamation made its way to yeah, Texas. That, that's Juneteenth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, March second, eighteen thirty-six. March second. Okay. It's Texas Independence Day. So are you saying that's when we should secede? Uh, that's when I'm... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying it's, I think it's a problem that we don't know this. Oh, like it's proud gotcha. Texas, okay. You know, so uh, maybe maybe for the church, we should have an event. You know, Texas Independence Day celebration. We'll uh, shoot yeah. off fireworks and give the so, 4th of July a run for its yeah, money. Yeah, so instead of follow the flag, it's like follow Texas. That's right. right. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. <laughs> Follow the Lone Star flag. Well, fun Boom, fact. There if, you go. Hey, if if you knew what 
the Texas Independence Day was, then comment down below and just you and Jacob can start a <laughs> we support start group. Club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You thought you were coming here for for Bible. Know, for Bible. <laughs> yeah. You're you're actually here for Texas history. Oh, if you didn't know, Jacob used to be a history teacher. I did. Yeah. Uh, so he he knows all the stuff. So I don't know about that. I know yeah. I know some things. Some things. Okay, so all that's the the groundwork um, for like building our our relationships on that foundation, mm-hmm. that foundation of our identities in Christ. We can be different, but our identities in Christ. Yep. Okay, so uh, now to get a little bit more specific, like, so let's say that your relationship has moved into a dysfunctional, toxic state, mm-hmm. right? So how do we now, under this, uh, under this uh, umbrella of Christianity, how do we now reset our relationships without ruining our relationships? And one of the, th- this could probably be a whole sermon series yeah, itself, oh yeah. but one of the uh, primary things that Pastor Lee got into is baggage, Yes. Baggage always um, happens. What's some bag? What's some examples of baggage? Um, first off, uh, we bring a lot of baggage just with the way that uh, that we're raised. Uh, yeah. All of us, uh-huh. whether it's a good upbringing or whether it's uh, not so good of an upbringing. Um, all of our uh, parents, our uh, our nuclear families that we grew up in, uh, are all different. And so, uh, even uh, if our parents did a really, really good job. Uh, we're bringing baggage along, mm-hmm. um, for example. So, um, you know, let's say uh, that you come from a family that, uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, your parents like never fought or never fought in front of you. Um, and, you know, things, uh, you know, things were generally pretty good, right? Well, uh, your uh, your level Right uh, when it comes to, to arguing and things is going to be relatively lower versus somebody who comes from a, a family where parents are at each other's throats all the time, shouting, yelling, and mm-hmm. those sorts of things. So there's a there's going to be a difference of base level, right, like one to ten mm-hmm. of like how it is that you go about communicating in an argument with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Which leads to uh, you know just as an example, like different perceived levels of intensity and mm-hmm. and those sorts of things. So even uh, even just our upbringings, right? Whether yeah. we're conscious of it or not, we bring lots of baggage. Yeah, and this is one of the things I think we did in our premarital counseling, uh, where they they kind of ask questions of like, okay, here's like a bunch of like you know random things <coughs> yeah. uh, that go on in a normal like household. Right. Um, whose job is it to do what? <laughs> and the, that was kind of the question. Yeah. So like taking out the trash, whose job? Husband, wife. Doing dishes. Whose job? Husband, wife. Kids. Taking, taking care, right? <laughs> Before kids. Yeah. You know, taking care of kids. Changing diapers. Um, you know, doing laundry. Paying bills. You know, a, a whole list of things. Yeah. And it, like, let's say you grew up in a household where the husband always took out the trash. Well, now, what do you think that that kind of b- baked in perception, like 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 unspoken expectations, mm-hmm. um, if you for 20 years of your life watched your dad take out the trash, then now your perception is... That's my job. The husband takes out the right. trash, right? Um, if you watched your mom cooked dinner every night, um, not even just like like she was the one that was cooking, but it was just like she literally cooked dinner five nights a week. He yeah. never went out. Well, now, again, that's baked into the unspoken expectations mm-hmm. of this is how it's going to work. And... And like, uh, those aren't bad things, right? Right. right. Um, but it's just it's it's 
things that we're pulling in from our past. Mm-hmm. And baggage, sometimes baggage is a good thing. Right. I, I need my clothes when I right. go traveling. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, usually we don't refer to it as a good thing. Um, right. uh, but it's just bringing in things from our, our previous past. And, and it takes a lot. Like, you know, you're married. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's figuring out we've got two people from very two different upbringings. And now it's we're coming together to make one new thing. And now we have to figure out, like, okay, like, like what are, like, your pre- preconceived notions mm-hmm. on how this should work? What are yours? Okay, now how do we come together and make something new out of this? Um, and, you know, the goal isn't to make it look exactly right. like your home, for better or worse. Right. Um, the goal is to come together and, make again, make something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that's a great example. Um, uh so other examples of baggage that are more common that we think of is like, let's say you were in an abusive relationship. Yep. Baggage. Previously. Baggage. Yep. Yeah. Now that's going to skew your view. Like let's say you're a woman who was verbally abused um, in a previous relationship. That's going to skew how you view men mm-hmm. in your next relationship. Yep. Um, let's say you were a man and your, your wife or um, significant other you know, cheated on you in your past relationship. Well, now that's going to skew how you view your next one, unless you deal with it. Right. Right. Um, Any other uh, examples that you can Uh, think of? um, No, I think that, I think those make the point. Yeah. And and it's one of those things that we all know, we all know what it is like, just think about how, think about previous relationships and how you were hurt and likely there's baggage from that Mm -hmm. that you have to deal with. Uh, And, and so, uh, let's get into the the um, three things that we can do with that baggage okay. that Pastor Lee got into. Um, so you have baggage from your past relationships. Here's the three things you can do from it with it. You can either deny it, you can transfer it, or release it. Let's start from the top. Deny it. Okay. Any thoughts? Um, uh, this one is, uh, I think, very, very tempting uh, to do. I think... Uh, you know, denying and and not recognizing that we are we do bring baggage uh, is uh, is a pretty uh, you know it's a, it can be a significant issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the more that we ignore. So here you go illustration time. Mm-hmm. So um, you have a this is totally hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Saying uh, so, let's say <laughs> this that, is not my relationship. <laughs> right. No, uh, I'm going to go with more concrete. I'm so. going to before we talk about anything marriage, you might want to make this disclaimer too, Randy. I love you, uh, and yeah. nothing that I'm saying here has anything to do with you. <laughs> and I would not have it any other way. That's my that's my disclaimer as we move forward. Uh, my disclaimer is absolutely, uh, Sam. Uh, I am talking about you and our relationship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, no. That, that being said, hypothetically, yeah. the worst. <laughs> right, hypothetically. Um, no, so uh, back in uh, December, um, it was a Friday, and that's one of the days that we have off here. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting on the couch. I'm, uh, I'm on the phone talking with my dad, and all of a sudden I hear something, and it sounds kind of like, like the washer, the washing machine turned on uh, out in the, the closed-in garage area. And uh, I'm, I'm like, that's weird. Uh, there's nobody else that's home but me. How could the washer have started on its own? I'm like, hmm, well, I better go check that out real quick. So I open the door. No, washer's not going, but the water sound is getting louder. <laughs> so I go outside uh, into uh, Paul's room, and I look, and there was a pipe that had burst in the ceiling, and it's just a waterfall. Um, and so 
one of my responses could have been, it's fine. Like, let's just deny it, right? Mm -hmm. And what could go wrong, right? Uh, I don't want to deal with this right now. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to keep on living my life. It's my day off. I'm going to go back, sit on the couch, finish my phone conversation. Mm -hmm. I will deal with this later, right? It's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Obvious problem, though, uh, is the more water that pours into that room, the more that it fills up, the more it's going to seep over into all of the other rooms in the house. And then what was already a significant problem becomes a much bigger and blown up problem, Mm -hmm. right? So that's, uh, there you go. That's my deny it illustration. Yes. Um, (laughs) So obviously in that situation, you'd be ridiculous to deny it. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm like, huh? (laughs) Like, how do we turn the water off? I don't know where it is. And running around, I actually called Pastor Lee (laughs) and he was here uh, working on his sermon, I think, or, Mm -hmm. or something. Um, and I said, hey, where's the water shut off? I have no idea where it is. And uh, and he's lived through that before, too. Mm-hmm. So he goes, I'll be right there. So I, I'm waiting outside, and he comes sprinting from the back of the church. I didn't even know he could move that fast. Yeah, there Here he go. comes. Oh, and yeah. uh, showed uh, he went on and turned it off. And, mm-hmm. uh, so now I know where the water shut off is, which yeah, is nice. But that happens anyway. again. Hopefully it won't happen again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so so we can deny it. Yeah. Um, Here's usually what happens when, when I see this happen um, is you have someone who goes through relationship after relationship, maybe even church after church, mm-hmm. job after job, marriage after marriage, and they tend, everywhere they go, tend to have, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong. And and I think one of the things uh, Pastor Lee mentioned <laughs> is that, um, you know, if if you've gone through, let's say, four marriages, yeah, and at the end of every marriage, it's the other person. Like if, like, like, this is what was wrong with number one. This is what was wrong with number two. This is what was wrong with number three. This is what was wrong with number four. Um, at some point, you have to ask yourself: Did you have nothing to do with this at all? Yep. Like, like, like are you in denial about your own issues that you're bringing to the table? Right. And it's funny, uh, he mentioned uh, a former church member that went through nine marriages. Mm -hmm. Uh, Growing up, when I was uh, a teenager, we'd go to to breakfast uh, each Saturday morning with with my dad, my uncle, my brother would come, and some other guys, um, and just have a good time uh, just solving the world's problems, basically, over breakfast. And there was a guy that'd come with us. Um, he's, he's, uh, He's a great guy. He's a lot of fun to be around. But he was on his... Fifth marriage, depending on how you count, because he married one of them twice. Oh. Uh, but he said nice. you know, after he goes, yeah, after about the third one, uh, after about the third divorce, he goes, you start to realize it's not just them. So <laughs> he, uh, it, you know, for well, him, good. It, it took a little while to figure it out, and uh, luckily the the last one uh, stuck, and they've been married for uh, a long time well, good. now. But good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah. sometimes it, it takes uh, it takes some of those things. Uh, happening yeah. uh, to really make us aware that, hey, like... Yeah. Well, well, I've heard it this way. So, like, imagine your life is like you're driving a car, and um, and you look in the rearview mirror, and behind you, there's just, like, a 40-car pileup mm-hmm. behind you, just wreck after wreck after wreck after wreck. Now, you can do one or two things. You can say, man, everyone else is such a bad driver. <laughs> right. Or you can, you can pose the question of, like, Am I driving in a way that's just causing pileups behind me? Yeah, uh, and and that's the thing that, to ask. Like if 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 every endeavor that you go through in your life, if you were just constantly met with, everyone's a jerk. No one gets me. Like yeah yeah yeah. Whatever it is, at some point you have to ask yourself like, 
like, am I the common denominator here? And yeah. I've had to ask myself that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, like you have to like come to the realization of like, am I bringing some unhealthy stuff to the table? And it's not negating other people's right. responsibility. Of right. course, like, you know, you know, they, they may have had their, their wrongs. And mm-hmm. if, if you've gone through five churches, the, 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 Previous four churches may be messed up some, but the the question isn't, are they completely in the right? Are you completely in the right? The question is like, what am I bringing to the table that's causing these pileups to happen behind right. me? Um, and so, so yeah, we can just deny it. Yeah. And of course, we don't want to do that. We, we always want to take responsibility, even so like in, in marriage counseling, you know, it's always a thing like, let's say, let's say um, your spouse cheats on you. Um they're in the wrong, right? Yes, yeah, they're responsible. They are responsible for that decision that they made. Let's say they're 99% wrong. Well, let's say you may have a 1%. Okay, no, th- th- that's fine. We're not negating the 99% error that happened over here, but let's just ask ourselves, okay, what 1% do you have? And let's yeah. own 100% of your 1%. Yes, right. right? And because like marriage is, isn't about like you did wrong, and now you need to clean it up. Marriage is about you did wrong. Now let's both help clean it up right. together. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I could go on that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So um, don't deny the baggage that you have. Because yeah. uh, once you deny it, now you just kind of live in a fancy world and it's everyone else is at wrong. Right. You're never at wrong. Right. And then we can't uh, enjoy any sort of renewal of any relationship yep. we yep. currently have or any that we'll have in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yep. So don't want to deny it. Uh, the second thing that we can do with it is we can transfer it. Yes. Which is like, if you're denying it, what you're really doing is you're transferring yes. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you can transfer it. What, what, what's an example or, or what, what does that look like? Uh, she made me do it. It's going to be the most uh, Which ha- okay. obvious. So, right. so that actually happens a lot. Like mm-hmm. if you're talking to someone who had an affair on their spouse, there's a lot, usually... Every now and then there might be someone that like say like, yeah, you're right. I messed up. Usually what happens is there's a whole host of reasons Mm -hmm. as to what their spouse did, which what in, in those things that their spouse did is what led them to having that affair. Right. Right. And so it's kind of like shrugging off responsibility and and transferring that the, the blame to the other person. Right. 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 Transferring it. Yeah. Um, And even what that, what that looks like, uh, I think uh, kind of shines out from the passage mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. So um, the structure, right, um, of it. So Colossians 3, this is 8 through 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. So uh, whenever... Uh, if we're going to enjoy a renewal of relationships, if if we are uh, really striving to put off the old self, right? Whenever we go about transferring uh, our baggage onto somebody else, right? Uh, I thought uh, it really kind of the the structure of the passage kind of moves inward to outward, right? Mm-hmm. So it starts uh, with anger, then it moves to wrath, then malice, and then. From there, it's more overt, right, through through the yeah. mouth, slander yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and obscene talk from your mouth and lies and things like that, mm-hmm. um, which the Bible says a lot uh, about, you know, the things that come out of our mouth really reflect 
the state and condition of our hearts, right? Yeah. How it is that we react says a lot about who we are in, in us. Um, Out of the mouth, the heart speaks. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's in Matthew uh, Matthew 12, right? Mm-hmm. Um uh, verse 35, the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. The evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. Uh, I tell you, uh, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you will be condemned. Right? And there's a lot more mm-hmm. uh, there as well. But, um, you know, a, a bad tree can't produce good fruit, you wouldn't expect for a good tree, on the other hand, to produce bad fruit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same way, right? With uh, any anger and resentment and things that we're, we're directing towards another person, right? When that fully uh, sort of blooms, right, then it, it really appears as uh, very, very concretely as slander mm-hmm. and uh, lies and um, it comes out of our mouth. Yeah. And, and what can happen with that? You know, your your undealt with baggage in the past is you end up just projecting that baggage yeah. onto the other other person, and so like you know, uh, so it's like if we were talking about the lies thing, um, uh, I would say lies in the sense of like you're you're projecting an untruth onto another person. Right. Um, you're not necessarily like going around like gossiping about them in in this scenario, but right. let's say let's say you you had someone who, um, you know cheated on you or, or let's, let, let's move off marriage. Let, let's move into a, a, um, a, a workplace thing. Let's say you, you had a previous workplace where there was a lot of gossip going around. Your name was just drugged through the mud and all that. And you, you have that baggage from that. And now you're in your new workplace and you just haven't, you haven't dealt with that in the past. And so now it's easy to project everything that happened at that last one into this new one. So, so let's say you see two uh, coworkers over there and they just, they just happen to look at you yeah. while they're talking and you have all this undealt with baggage of like how people ran your name through the mud. And so now you're projecting all that onto that conversation saying, Oh, they're talking about me mm-hmm. right now. You don't even know that they're talking about right. you, but you're projecting that onto them. And, and that's like a form of like lying in, yeah. in, in the sense of like you're projecting an untruth or at least a, at the very least an unverified right. truth um, onto them. And, and that's one thing. That's one way that we transfer it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we're, we're taking all of these like um, bitterness and anger from past relationships and just projecting it and transferring it onto someone who may not even be doing that right. to you. Yep, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that because that's <laughs> not good. And then whenever that eventually blows up, now it's confusing mm-hmm. to the person that you're talking to. Right. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you talking about? They're like, <laughs> um, I had this happen to me. Um, a girl that I was dating in college uh, had some, like, I, I guess she had some issues uh, with, you know, friends or boyfriends cheating on her or whatever. And um, she came to me one time. She's like, hey, my friend said she saw you with your ex-girlfriend. I'm like, I haven't talked to my ex-girlfriend in like since we broke up. I still haven't talked to her. Because I don't want to. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? It was just confusing from my end. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't even know where you're coming from with this. Like, I, I, I can't even like disprove this because like I, I can't. I don't have video footage of right. me not talking to someone. Um, and so it was just this this transfer of baggage was taking place, and it just left me confused. And I'm like, I, just, I don't even know how to convince you right. uh, that this didn't happen because, like, it didn't happen. Right. <laughs> Anyways. Um, well, it's, so, like, it's like, I don't know if you've seen these on, uh, on the Internet, but um, 
somebody will, uh, not, you know, their Amazon package was supposed to be delivered and it wasn't. And so Amazon sends back an email says, uh, can you send us photographic proof or can you send us any evidence <laughs> that it wasn't there? And they just take a picture of their porch with no box, Amazon box on it. And they're like, there you go. And they're like, Sorry, sir. We'll send you a replacement. Ask stupid <laughs> questions. Get stupid answers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty clever. Yeah. But, you know. But that that can that can ruin a relationship. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Really quickly, if you start transferring your previous baggage onto them, now it puts the whole relationship in, de- in a defensive posture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, relationships can't thrive in defense. Yep. Um, and so, so make sure you're not denying it. You accept that this is a reality, and in accepting that it's a reality, now you're you're starting to recognize when you're projecting and transferring it onto another person right. and just dealing with it. Um, and it all goes with, you know, let's move into point three, which uh, gets us back into the passage that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can deny it, you can transfer it, or you can just release it. Yeah. Which, much easier said than yes. done. But you can just release it, just let it go. Mm-hmm. Be like a Elsa from Frozen. Let it go. <laughs> Classic song at yeah. this point, isn't it? And this is where it gets pretty overtly into our passage. Right. Do, you, do you want to read that verse again? Uh, yes. Um, Colossians 3. Uh, I'll just read 7 through 11 again. Okay. In these two, you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Yeah. And so, yeah, where it says you must rid yourself Mm -hmm. of these things and the anger, malice, slander, rage. Um. It's a lot easier said than done because if you have anger and you have malice and, and let's let's throw in some cinnamon synonyms into that of like bitterness. Yeah. Um, lots of times those are built up baggage, mm-hmm. and now you have to like find a way to rid yourself of these things. And there's times um, whenever me and Randy disagree, there's like this inner like frustration, and I'm not frustrated at Randy as much as I'm just frustrated at something and I have to like, I have to really process. I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a processor. I'm a talk out loud, uh, kind of person. Um, and I'll sit there and I'll just stew on something for 30 minutes. Not, not, not just like, not, not, not just, um, you know, getting more and more mad, but, but more just asking myself, I'm like, I'm unreasonably upset about this. Why am I upset about this? Yeah. This isn't a big deal. She loaded the dishwasher wrong. That's not a big deal. <laughs> I'm not mad about the dishwasher. What am I upset about? Right. And just like, it's, you almost have to do like a self-therapy session mm-hmm. um, where like you have to just dig down deep. And it's like, like whatever you're angry about, you're probably not angry about that thing. You're right. angry about something else that's just buried deep within you. And you have to just dig and dig and poke and prod and poke and prod and figure out, this doesn't feel good. Why doesn't this feel good? And don't settle for the surface level answer that you get. And that's painful. Yeah. It's it, painful and yeah. it's a process. Um, and there's some people that are really good about self-reflection and processing that out. And then with other people, you may need help. Yeah. You, you may need to 
talk to someone and, and not necessarily even like a like a professional like counselor or therapist, but maybe just a friend and like not here's what tends to happen. We get upset about something, you know, we have this anger rage um, in us and we go talk to our friend, not to actually deal with the anger or the rage, but just a vent. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, I, want, I want to share with you everything that this person did, and I want you to affirm me right. in it. And the moment that they don't affirm you, then like, you don't get now it. Now you're more you, mad. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Then you go on. Um, but it's like having friends that you can like, like share, hey, they did this. I feel this. I don't want to feel this. Yeah. <laughs> Help me process right, this. Right. Yeah. That, that's really how those conversations should go. And if if you're a person, let's say you're a person who's gone through you know multiple marriages or, or whatever, and and you just have a ton, like a ton of baggage, like you have like forty years mm-hmm. of baggage that's not dealt with. I mean, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's um unreasonable to go see a counselor. Yeah. And that's okay. That there's no shame yeah, in there's that. There's no it's, shame in that. It's a way to, like you said, to process yeah. and, and really uh, be able to, to release these kinds of yeah. things. Obviously find a good Christian counselor right? Um, because lots of counselors say stupid stuff out there. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Be picky with your counselor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's any shame in that. I think, I think combined with that, you should also invest in community yeah. in your biblical community and your church. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not use a counselor as a, as a. Um, they're not the end all be all. They're not the end all be all. They're a tool. You're right. They're a tool to help you process because what counselors do, what therapists do, they go to school to to learn uh, tips and tools and, and trades on how to help people process and work through these things in a way that even you and I don't know how. Right. Um, just because they deal with that every mm-hmm. day, um, and so. So those those are good to help you work through these things because again some of this rage and anger that's buried in you may be buried so deep and and behind so many layers that you mm-hmm. have to really sit and poke and prod on it for a long time and you may need someone uh, who has professional training to help you yeah. poke and prod at those things until right. you until you get down to the to the root issue of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's incredibly important for us to release those things. Yeah. Now, the Bible uh, sometimes speaks very, like, principled mm-hmm. um, and doesn't give us, like, all of like, the nitty-gritty process of it, mainly because there is no cookie-cutter process um, right. to it all. But it gives a very, like, blanket statement of, now you must rid yourself of these things, all anger and all malice, all rage. Wow, that's super It's clear-cut. Thanks, Paul. We Thanks. appreciate it. Just get rid of it. Okay. There you go. Um, and so it's a very simple statement on yeah. the surface, but the reality, the practical reality of it is, man, you have to you have to lock arms with the church, lock arms with God and the mm-hmm. Spirit, and work at yeah, it. That's it's right. The sanctification process to work at it. You're right, and it it doesn't. Uh, it's not like a one off fix. Yeah. Right for these mm-hmm. kinds of things, uh, but another. Um, uh, kind of in line with this about like how to go about actually releasing it. Yeah. Um, Pastor Lee uh, mentioned Second Corinthians five seventeen. Um, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Mm-hmm. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And then uh, he goes on. Uh, he keeps going. He says, "All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation." That is. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. 
For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so if, uh, you know, if we have been uh, working to uh, really release uh, release those those things that are in our lives, uh, and we find ourselves, you know, consistently failing and falling short. Um, a, a reminder of who we are in Christ is necessary. Like it's, uh, I don't know about you, it's it's necessary, like basically on a daily basis to like remind myself of the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, who who I was before, who God and and who Christ is, what He came to do. Um, how uh, undeserving, what a serious uh, problem uh, with sin that we all have. Because I think, you know, the more, the more that we kind of go through our daily lives, it's easy to forget mm-hmm. just the, the immensity of our own uh, sin and the problem that we have. I mean, if, if it wasn't a problem, Paul wouldn't say, hey, put off the old self, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, reminding ourselves uh, that we need to be rooted in Christ first, right? The gospel and, and the, uh, the power uh, that uh, God has... Uh, I guess used right to make us new creations, right? That's real, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we're if we're just sort of working at it from sort of a you know self-reforming kind of a mm-hmm. uh, you know tactics, we're using those tactics or formulas or uh, things like that without gospel power behind it, mm-hmm. we're we're gonna fail, yeah. uh, and we'll fail miserably, and we'll continue failing. Then we'll be frustrated when we continue failing uh, until we really uh, remember, you know who we are uh, yeah. in Christ. Well, and that's like a really important part that I'm glad you mentioned is that um, I mentioned it last week in my sermon yeah. is that like God, Christ has redeemed us yes. with God, right? But Christ has also redeemed us with each other. Mm-hmm. But the restoration of our relationship with each other is second in the process of our relationship being mm-hmm. redeemed with God. And so if you're, if you're in a state where like, you're like, man, I'm trying to, fix these relationships, but you haven't solid up your relationship with God, you're probably just, you yeah, know, yeah. it's, 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 uh, like you were saying, like you have to allow Christ work to happen in you mm-hmm. personally yeah. first before it can transmit out yeah. to, as Jordan Peterson would say, clean your room yeah. <laughs> before you try to clean up the world. Right? right. Um, and so, yeah, allow that, that to happen. One of the things, um, I say is uh, don't just think about what you were saved from, but what right. you were saved for. Right, uh, and it, and it's not just uh, to interject. You know, a lot of times we think about, okay, I was saved back at this point uh, in time uh, when I was justified, and then in the future, yeah, we get to enjoy the new heaven and the new earth. Right, we don't want to forget about the here and now. Yeah. Right, yeah. It, it can be neglected mm-hmm. if we're not careful, and it shouldn't be neglected. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, one of the things I told myself is um, let's say I'm dealing with or processing something or dealing with, let's say, anger mm-hmm. in this passage, is like if I'm focused solely on, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a sinner, then then my mindset's going to be like, ah, I'm sinning. I'm glad God's going to forgive me for this. But if my focus is on my new identity mm-hmm. that God has given me, then now the thought is I've been saved from this. God's, God's forgiven me for, for this. But God's also leading me to something new, right? Um, and He's leading me to a life of not just where I need forgiveness from anger, but to a life where I can be free from anger, right? Uh, and so, yeah, that, all those things are good foundation things mm-hmm. to have in this process, right? For yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. All right, I got some more things that I could say, but we should probably. 
probably wrap it up here. Do you got any last little bits on the sermon? Uh, I thought it was a great sermon, uh, and it flowed nicely from the uh, from the series on worship. Uh, yeah. I thought mm-hmm. uh, so. Yeah, I thought it was good. Cool overall. Well, that's the sermon from this past Sunday. It was uh, how to reset your relationships. And the idea being is that uh, in Christ, we are all um, one. We come from different backgrounds and different uh, upbringings and different ethnicities, yet we all have a new identity in Christ. And from that identity, we're all operating under the same values and purposes and beliefs. And so in that, we can reset our relationships without having to abandon them. Mm And uh, the main uh, thing that he talked about is uh, in this process is just letting go of the past, not allowing past relationships to affect your current relationships. And so uh, the baggage that we get from past relationships, there's only three things we can do with them. We can deny it and pretend it's not there. We can transfer and project our our, um, thoughts onto other people, or we can do the biblical thing and to release it, to rid ourselves of all of our anger and bitterness and malice and rage uh, so that our current relationships aren't feeling the brunt of those things. Uh, And then ultimately, we do that by putting off our old self and allowing Christ and the new self to, to shine through it all. All right, that was a sermon. Now, let's move into our Bad Doctrine of the Week. Jacob, what is our Bad Doctrine of the Week? All right, this is going to be a fun one. Okay. And uh, I think this one will lead to lots and lots of discussion. Okay. This is fun. Okay, so this is from back in June. Uh, This is a headline from the New York Times. Oklahoma approves first religious charter school in the United States. Uh, so part of the, the article is uh, the school will offer online Roman Catholic instruction funded by taxpayers. Its approval is certain to tee off a legal battle over the separation of church and state. So uh, Oklahoma, they approve what is the first uh, religious charter school in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so, so let's just for, for those that don't know. Let's define what's a charter school versus a private school. Okay. So a charter school is funded by public dollars, by tax dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, however, charter schools, uh, it's not just open enrollment where, hey, if you live in the area of that particular school in a particular school district that you're like automatically going to be um, like a student there mm-hmm. or your kids would automatically be a student there. So it's kind of like a publicly funded private school? Sort of, yeah. um, but not at the same time. So it uh, uh, you do have to apply uh, and you, you, they can reject uh, anybody's application uh, that they want to. It's not like they're obligated to take X amount of students or uh, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you do have to apply. Um, so yeah, does that is that kind of yeah? We're we're a, a private school received no public funding. Right. Right. Uh, it's all it's all private. It's all private. Right. You know, you pay tuition mm-hmm. or donors or things right. like that. But none of it comes from the government. Right. Where charters right. do get money from the government. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Just, just so that way no one's like, we got private school down the street. What are you right. talking about? Christian school. Right. Um, yeah. So okay. the big difference is yeah. here, this is the first charter school being funded with public tax dollars to be established in the United States. Right. Okay. That's the big deal. So, yeah, there's tons of, of religious private schools all over the country. Right. Mm-hmm. The difference with this one is it gets public funding. Yeah. Uh, and, they, okay. and it was approved. Cool. So then the question is, 
Uh, I'd like your opinion mm-hmm. uh, on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is, okay, how uh, is it appropriate for tax dollars, let's say, uh, uh, let's kind of apply it to ourselves. Here in Texas, would it be appropriate for tax dollars to be used to, uh, to establish a, a charter school that teaches uh, Christianity? Mm-hmm. Is it appropriate? So this gets into a, <laughs> it, it would depend. Yes. It would depend on how they get the funding, what, what qualifies the funding and all that. I, without knowing all the details of it, I am intrigued by the idea of the voucher system. Mm-hmm. Um, where, so like right now, you know, we have property taxes and those right. property taxes go towards the, the public schooling. Um, and, and that's it. Like whether or not I choose to homeschool my kid or take my kid to a private school, my, my property taxes go over there. The idea, as far as I understand it, the voucher system is more or less so of whether or not you use it, your money goes over here. Voucher system is a little bit more of like, okay, here's the allotted amount of money that you've you've paid. Now you can take that money wherever you want it to go. Right. In terms of like education, right? Is that, is that the yes, understanding? That's, okay. Yeah, that's the voucher system. So, so I can either apply it to the, the public school, send my kids to public school. Uh, I can apply it to homeschool maybe. Uh, I don't know if they would uh, allow that. Yeah, I don't um, know about that one. Yeah, let's take homeschool off the table. Um, I could go to a charter school mm-hmm. here, um, just like a secular uh, charter school, uh, and apply it there. Or I could take it to the Christian school down the street and apply it there. If that's the case, I like that. I'm a fan of that. Uh, if it's the case of whether or not my kid goes there, my money mm-hmm. gets sent there, that's where I'm a little bit more iffy, um, not from a Christian perspective, but from a who's to say, um, like an Islam school doesn't get started, and now right. my public dollars right. are going to fund that. Um, now, if it's like the voucher system where only the public dollars that come from people who believe in that is being applied to that, in that case, you know, that's fine. As long as it's not my dollars well, that's going there. And it also depends on, on the voucher system. So, and just to be clear, there's not a voucher system right now yeah, there's not. in, in yeah. Texas, right? It, ke- it gets brought up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the part of the problem then with the voucher system would be, um, let's say that, you know, per student, we're talking about, you know, however many thousands of dollars uh, for the year would be uh, in the public school system allotted for that student. Therefore, the public school gets that many thousands of dollars. Uh, I think part of the problem with the voucher system is if, uh, especially if you aren't paying as much as the allotment, uh, the funding allotment for your student, right? And that's having to be subsidized by other people's tax dollars. And mm-hmm. then you take that and then go and apply it to a private school. Uh, then then somebody else's dollars are going to so fund even that with, school. So even with the voucher system, you could still be potentially right. paying right. to some degree by subsidizing. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Potentially. I mean, it depends. On the other hand, if, you're, uh, if your property taxes are high enough, then... You're subsidizing everyone. <laughs> right. Then you're subsidizing everybody else. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, generally speaking, that'd be my thought in terms of like, uh, I don't have a problem with it as much on like, you know, separation of church and state. I think there's a lot of mis, uh, I hate using this word misinformation on yeah. what that actually means. Right. Um, and so that's not as much of my issue. I think, uh, if we were to be fair, the slippery slope method 
could be applied both ways yeah. in that. It's really cool for us now because right. there's a Christian school that's getting right. public funding, but who's to say it's not some other religion that we disagree with? That's right. not good enough. Well, and then even uh, um, the the charter school method is uh, is intriguing, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's intriguing that, um, you know, that first off, they've uh, gotten away with this so far. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is, it is surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's even uh, we can bring it a little bit closer to home. So in Texas, there was a bill uh, in the Texas state legislature to mandate that every classroom in public schools have a post the the Ten Commandments, a copy mm-hmm. of the Ten Commandments. Um, and uh, it, it didn't end up passing, right? Uh, our legislature for Texas, we only meet they only meet once every two years because um, you know it, it, there's a long history. Uh, cliff note version, we don't trust government. <laughs> and so uh, the less time that they have to make laws, the less that we get the short end of the state. Yeah. Um, but uh, so the bill didn't end up passing, right? But it was something that was on the table that they were considering mm-hmm. in a public school. Um, you know, uh, so my thoughts, my thoughts on it, uh, when I taught government, I did have the Ten Commandments uh, mm-hmm. up on the wall. And part of the reason was because we talked about it. You yeah. can't not uh, if you're going to talk about government. It's part of and, history. Yeah. That's, well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, there's a very long history. You know, the United States didn't just happen in a vacuum. Right. Right. There's tons of history that contributed to uh, the founding of our government. And uh, the Ten Commandments is part of that. Um, now, you know, it, it does kind of beg the question, though, is if the Ten Commandments were posted in every single classroom, how are those Ten Commandments going to be treated by those who are more secular or atheistic or agnostic or not believers? Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to be dragged through the, the dirt? Um, mm-hmm. You know, nobody knows uh, exactly what what teachers might say, right, mm-hmm. about the Ten Commandments. So in that sense, it kind of makes me hesitate a little bit. Um, you know, if my kids were in public school, would I want somebody else teaching my kids about the Ten Commandments if what they're teaching them may be wrong. Yeah, well, that I think this gets to the heart of it. Yep. What is, for us to take a look at school in general, what is the purpose of school? Right. Is the purpose of school to institute values, beliefs, morality? I don't think so. Um, ultimately, I don't think so. I think that's ultimately the job of the family mm-hmm. and the parents. Um, and whenever you try to offload that on a on a on a big enough scale of, of school, right. um, uh, so obviously public school is the largest scale of that. You know, charter and private schools get a little bit smaller yeah. and a little bit more contained. But on a large scale, let's take all of Texas, all of Texas, sweeping declaration that has to be posted in there. Well, now you're right. Now it's posted. Cool. But now you're at the mercy right. of whoever's leading that class to dictate what is the value behind this right. and what is the purpose behind this. Is it a good value or is it this is just another example of how the Christian patriarchy right. is, um, you know, uh, imposing its beliefs on everyone. Um, and so I'm more of a fan if 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 I had all or nothing like, like in a public school setting, mm-hmm. um, a government setting, I'm more of a fan of. No, do not imply morality and belief systems onto my kid, even if they're my own. Um, I would much rather you focus on okay, what is like the the um, 
the tangibles right. of learning, you know, the you know the math, English, stuff like that. And then my job as the parent is to educate them on what is life, right. um, what, what is our purpose here, what, what are we moving towards. Now, private schools get a little bit more of, you know, yeah. b- best of both worlds right. in that sense where you're able to choose, okay, let's say I'm a Christian, I'm able to say, okay, um, they're going somewhere for eight hours a day. I want them to learn uh, you know, all of, you know, the math and mm-hmm. English and stuff like that. But if at all possible, man, it'd be so great if they could also learn the morality, the ethics and the purpose and the beliefs that we hold to as a family. And that's where I can say, okay, here's a Christian school. We align on beliefs and okay, I'm also them there. And now we agree. Right. right. Um, and that's where, you know, charter schools apparently now uh, yeah. and private schools allow a little bit more uh, nuance right. in that question. Uh, as opposed to public schools, um, you know, at best on a state level, at worst on a federal level. Right, right. How do you federally mandate stuff like that um, and yeah. and control the actual execution of it? Right. Well, luckily, uh, I'd argue the, the Constitution does not give any federal, uh, the, the federal government, any authority uh, to dictate how, uh, how it is that states choose to administer and, and mm-hmm. uh you know, have schools work. I mean, that's why it's all state-based and then mm-hmm. more more locally-based, even with here in Texas independent school districts. Um, so you can make a, uh, a pretty good argument that it's, you know, the laws that the federal government passes dealing with public education really, you know, where, show mm-hmm. me in the Constitution where you have that right. authority. It's not there. It doesn't well, exist. And it gets, it gets the, the other problem of it. Let's say, um, let's say you have a, an overwhelmingly like conservative Christian, you know, the people in charge making these yeah. decisions. And let's say they put in the, the Bible in schools and prayer in schools and, and whatnot. Cool. Great. Fantastic. Um, let's fast forward a hundred years and let's say it shifts yep. the other way um, to a, like more like Islamic Buddha, whatever. Uh, and now they start removing those things from the school and start adding in their stuff. Mm-hmm. Are we just going to have a double standard now, or is that, that's where it gets a little tricky for right. me on a on a public school level, on a right. governmental level, and I think it's just moving into giving. I think it's getting into putting responsibilities on the government that the government doesn't need those responsibilities. Right. Right. Um, I think if we were to move into like a more theological uh, viewpoint on this, I think it's the the job of the parents mm-hmm. and the family to institute those things and build those right. things up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, lots and lots of uh, thoughts, and that's a complicated and, and it, really it, yeah. packed topic. And so yeah. just for the record, I reserve the right to change any of my opinions right. on those things. Well, and, and that's where yeah. I, I like on the surface, I like the voucher system, yeah. but I'm going to hold that pretty loosely knowing that I don't know next to anything. I, I, I know the elevator pitch of it, right. but I don't know how that actually works and how would that work in, Without getting too deep into it, this is where like big government becomes really hard mm-hmm. because um, like if we're if we're trying to discuss how do we handle things in Azel, it's a little mm-hmm. bit easier because now we're we're right. dealing with a tight knit community. Spread it out to Tarrant County, now you got millions of people. Right. Spread out to Texas, now you got millions and millions of people. Spread out to the federal government, now you got over three hundred million people that mm-hmm. you're trying to create a single policy that right. just like spans it. Um, and like I don't see a effective way to do that. Right. I Uh, agree. Yeah.
Anyways, not to get too political. <laughs> Just a little bit. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, there's there's issues like mm-hmm. church and state issues that yeah. uh, they, they cross paths sometimes. And mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting to talk to talk about and think through mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and it's uh, what's also interesting is the entire concept of separation of church and state, where we get it, is uh, Thomas Jefferson and his letter, uh, his letters back and forth with the Danbury Baptist Association. So uh, the Danbury Baptist Association was a group of churches that was very, very much for separation of church and state because mm-hmm. they didn't want the government yeah. uh, in in their business as Baptists, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes sense with. Uh, how we're structured and organized and things like that. Um, but it all goes back to that, right? Baptists, we have a long history uh, of uh, <laughs> keeping the government out of our business and, and yeah. things like that as a church. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's interesting. Yeah. I would say the at the end of the day, no matter where your kid goes, um, if your kid goes public school, um, babysitting, private school, charter school, um, no matter where they go, at the end of the day, you're still responsible for raising that kid mm-hmm. and cross-checking your kids go private school. Yep. Um, and, man, in a perfect world, we could send them to any school and just, like, you know, trust that it's done. Yep. But uh, at the end of the day, you're responsible for your kids. Right. And so even though they're going to a Christian school, you cross-check it. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, it's like uh, Paul brought home a paper yesterday uh, mm-hmm. about on the doctrine of the Trinity. And uh, so I'm there, I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by the way, this goes even beyond education, even like your church. Yep. Man, we make mistakes, man. We, we, uh, um, we well, speak for yourself, Chris. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if your kid goes to Sunday school, talk to them about it. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's, we're not called to offload our parenting responsibilities to anyone. Right. We're called to partner with people, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But at the end of the day, you're responsible for your kid. Yep. So you you follow up on that no matter where they're going. That's right. Yep. All right. Fun. Oh, well, yes. that is all we got for today. Did we ever hit the the 10 comment mark whenever you said that you would sing? Uh, you have to talk to Wendy. She asked about it this yeah. morning. And I said, I don't think we hit the 10 comments. And she goes, are you sure? Yeah. A couple uh, weeks ago, we gave the challenge to y'all. If y'all would comment for Jacob to sing 10 times, then Jacob would sing. I think last I checked, we got up to like seven. Mm, sounds like it might be a hair short. Yeah. Cause I think we had two on Facebook and then like maybe four or five on There's YouTube. Five on episode 10 on the YouTube. Okay. Well, and then two. The, the comment had to say something about me singing though. Right. Just to be clear. Yeah, okay. They, yeah. They okay. 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 So there's five comments on YouTube. I think there's two comments on Facebook. So we're three short. So I'm going to restructure this deal a little bit. We're going to carry those over. Oh, God. And so if we get three more comments on any video. On any video. On any video. <laughs> not even comments about him singing, just comments. Oh, God. Okay, so basically we're doing it next week. Yeah, basically, okay. basically. Right, bring your yeah. guitar. All right, so tune in next week. If we get three comments, Jacob will sing uh, for us. We'll, we'll find a song for him to do, and we'll all be mesmerized. That's right. It'll um, be great. Our lives will be changed. Never again the same. American Idol, here I come. All right, we're glad that you all joined us here today. Don't forget, like, comment, subscribe, do all those things. Let's uh, Facebook know that you enjoyed this and you want to see more of it. Uh, we will see you all next week.